Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, world! Hi, world. How's it going? Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, where two gorgeous gals related by blood discuss a show that completely disregards DNA when it comes to familial relations. Family style! <laughs> it's been a while since I've actually written one of those and I just ad-libbed it. Felt yeah. good. Felt That's nice. so good. It felt right. <laughs> it felt right. Not many things in this world feel right, Hannah, but... You know what does feel right? What does feel right is this is the episode where we should have started it off with a conversation about our family codes. Yeah. But we've we've done did that. We already did it. We already did it. We we blew we our jumped lo- the gun. We blew our load way too early. God damn it. <laughs> so if we've already talked codes, what else could we talk about? Um, season 15? It is only a month away. It's only a month away. It's only a month away. It's only oh. a month away. Hee-haw, oh. to the funny farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Mm-hmm. That they're losing their minds at it ending. I mean, there are 15-year-olds... <laughs> Who have known Supernatural their whole life. They've been attending conventions their whole life. And then for this 14, 15 year old to be told that this staple of the world, of their world, is coming to an end? God, I can't, I, I, that would be, that would be hard. I don't think I could, that, that would be harder for me than mm-hmm. how I'm taking it now. <laughs> <laughs> or how about if for the last 15 years you had had this same job? And it had your best friends working with you. And <laughs> after That's 15 years of working with your best friend, it's like, oh, and we're over and it's done. <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. this should be the last thing they ever do together. Like. They're still going to do conventions. Come on. Come absolutely. on. Absolutely. There's too much money in them damn things. People paying 30 bucks per autograph, 50 bucks per picture. <laughs> How much were pictures? Uh, 60? Alright, no. No, it's probably more expensive than that. That's how much it was many, many years ago. Yeah. When I went the first time. Yeah, I think it was like 300 something when I went this last time. Jeez Louise, and there was still like a huge ass line. Uh huh. And it went so quickly. Like, when I went many years ago and got a photo taken, you know, it was, it was a decent sized convention, but. It was only, like, 60 bucks, and, like, I had a couple of minutes to be like, hey, could you, like, stand with your arms crossed, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to wing it. <laughs> like, I had a moment, you know, but this last time that I went to a convention, what was it, February, April? Mm-hmm. Um, Half it, a year ago. 
there was music blaring in this room and it was like step up snapshot go like it was so fast well that's also because this picture was with misha collins and there's True. probably a little bit more demand for Mish Collins than there is for Mr. Pellegrino. Well, like, I had ordered a photo with Misha Collins, and it was supposed to be, it was $60. Um, but he couldn't make it because his wife was having a baby. So Mark Pellegrino stepped in, and they were like, hey, you know, if you bought a photo with Misha, you can have a picture with Mark instead. You know, no extra cost. And so Ooh. I was like, yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Although maybe the price was different, but maybe you had extra time because a lot of people dropped out and they were like, uh, it's not Misha. Then I'm not going to do it. I'm You know, there I'm are Misha people Stan. like that out there. Yeah, sadly there are. But Mark Pellegrino well, you know, was very nice. He smelled nice and he gave me a hug afterwards. It was nice. We're going to have to talk about Mark Pellegrino because he has been problematic on the Twitters. I, I hear that he's been problematic. But I, yeah. I haven't looked into it at all. Well, you know what? We're I don't, gonna look I don't into like it. the negative stuff. We're going to look into it. So just giving you a heads up, we're going to look into it in like three years when we hit season four. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about when we finally start to meet Lucifer. Yes. We're going to be talking about it. Um, so season 15 is a coming. She's coming fast. What are you expecting and what are you hoping for in season 15? I I expect to cry. <laughs> I expect okay. I expect that they're going to work their that they have been working their hardest on this season. So, I do expect that it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Um it might okay. very what well do you hope for? it might very well break my heart, but I am hopeful that they have a solid ending like they've had so much time to work on this that i think Mm -hmm. it's going to be an even better ending than season five the ending of season five was beautiful but it had a lot of loose ends and it was a downer and it was a downer i i'm not hey this the ending for season 15 it might still be a downer but i don't want as many loose ends and i want it to be beautiful wait what was the loose ends in season five well like that that Dean would just leave Sam trapped in hell. Um, God, uh, Chuck, Chuck disappearing. I mean, they didn't know that was God yet. Everyone was guessing that it was God. Yeah, part of me, part of me feels that they only made Chuck God because the fandom wanted it so bad. Because and they the were fans like, you know have what? so it's much sway a- in this show. They really do. The fans have influenced this show so much. Like, it has come this far because of the fans. It has taken some of the wacky turns that it's taken because of the fans. I mean, sometimes they make decisions that we don't like, but it's still <laughs> because of us sometimes. Alright, you're getting dewy-eyed on me. Um... I do that about this show. You do. You do. So what I expect from season 15 is that they're going to try to kill God. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to go well. Ooh. I mean, when you think about upping the stakes, they've had to up the stakes. And they've kind of struggled since season five in the apocalypse. Like, how many apocalypses have there been since that one? <sighs> um, so they keep trying to up the stakes. And... The latest one being the Antichrist, and come on, that one, that one ended up being 
the sweetest baby angel to ever be born. So, yeah. um, even created this whole alternate universe where everybody still die. Anyways, um, so of course, God killing God would be the ultimate, ultimate. Oh yeah, ultimate, right? <laughs> yeah, like the most ultimate, ultimate. The most ultimate, ultimate. Um, what I hope the ultimate I of ultimates. I hope that. The series pans out with Sam passing on the Men of Letters yeah, and going nice. into some sort of retirement retirement, where he gets to have a dog and he just goes like, he becomes like a professor of really occult studies. And I hope Dean runs the new roadhouse. <gasps> yes, because he liked working in that bar. Uh, yes, and that way he could still be involved in the hunting world, take on the occasional case, but for the most part would be out of the game. And whenever he needs certain st- like information, either he can call out the contacts at whoever runs the new men of letters, or he can just call Sammy at the college and be like, Hey bro, I need this Grecian text translated in five minutes or less, and I know you're the person who can do it. Oh, I love it. It's not going to happen. That's what I'm hoping for, but it's No, it's not going to happen, but I love it. <laughs> it's my headcanon, Hannah, and no one can take it away from me. No one can. And no one can take away the 15 seasons of Supernatural from us either, so... Mm-mm, I'm going to have every single one on DVD, and I will and we're keep gonna, watching forever, and we'll keep talking forever. As we continue forever. to do the show into perpetuity. Yes, I know. Exactly. So since no one can take this from us, let's go into Season 2, Episode 7, The Usual Suspects. Finger guns. Finger. Into the music. (laughs) So the recap tells us that John wants the boys to pick up where they fucked off. Doing that biz. And for the then, we see an extensive list of all the silly false identities they have tried on over the last season, as well as a recap of what happened in St. Louis with Sam's rich friends in the Shift Shafter. The Shift to Chef? The Shift Shafter. Shape Shifter. Shape Shifter. I started out making fun of you and then I got tongue tied. Yeah, that's how it goes. So, you know that really crummy shot of Dean sitting next to dead Dean? I do recall. Yeah, they were like, you know what? That was so hard to do <laughs> that even if it looks crappy, we're going to use it again. Somebody's again. proud of that. They're like, I And again. They're like, that was my best work. I work for Pixar now. <laughs> <laughs> so, we don't really know what's going to happen, but it's going to involve all of their credit card fraud and all of their fake identities and maybe something to do with the fact that they're framed for murder in St. Louis. So Hannah, where do we start? Our story begins at a police station in Baltimore, Maryland, which is a real place and not somewhere I'd like to be if I had to talk to the police. Have you listened to Serial? I have, and I have avoided Baltimore ever since. (laughs) I haven't. A busy guy on the phone is talking about all the aliases across the states when he gets a fax that blows his mind. 
We cut to a SWAT team surrounding a motel room. We should have intense SWAT music here. Hey, man. <laughs> the busy man is a detective who enters an interrogation room. As the SWAT team closes in, we hear a litany of crimes ending in grave desecration and murder. Whoever it is he's talking to is supposed to be dead. Who could it be? Who? There's no way to tell. I mean, it sounds really familiar. Uh, grave desecration. I mean, I know so many and people who desecrate graves. Too bad I haven't seen a cross cut of Dean with dead Dean in the last 10 seconds. Right? Yeah. The SWAT team bursts down the door of the motel room as the detective reveals that other person, Karen Giles, is dead. And the cop with the SWAT team holds Sam at gunpoint as we cut back to the interrogation room and the camera pans to Dean Winchester, who smolders us into the title shot. Oh, that sexy princess. I mean, this was chilling the first time around. It was like, oh, they've really got him. Yeah, there's no way for them to get out of this because heaven knows they've never escaped the police before. Right? Ugh. It was nice, though. Um, I mean, this is very for different. A second, this is super, super different, and we'll talk about this as we go on. But at the very top, I couldn't quite, quite remember yet which episode this was. And all I could think was, oh, shit, they figured out that that shift shafter wasn't Dean, and they've come, and they've caught Dean, and oh, my gosh, they should have covered up. They should have wiped their fingerprints more, these sloppy boys. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that I think Leviathans is the last time we really play with the fact that these boys are on the government's radar. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't come up as much as you think it would. You think it would really come up a whole lot? You'd think but they'd it's... have to have like corrective surgery. <laughs> you know what it is in the cosmetic in real life correct. supernatural. Well, we knew it. You meant reconstructive. Well, yeah, reconstructive because in real world supernatural, they get beat up so fucking much that every time their face gets caught on camera again, it's been punched so many times that they're just not recognizable from the, the last time the camera saw them. Anymore. Exactly. So we're just watching the idealized version because these actors aren't that committed to their roles. Right. <laughs> God, step it up, Mr. Padalecki and Mr. Jensen. Jeez. So we're back at the police station and Sam is now in his own little private room with its own room service. And he's being interrogated by the woman who has arrested him, uh, who had the SWAT team with her. And she reveals that Dean is being held for murder charges, which flabbergasts Sam into saying that they can't hold them, completely forgetting what litter lawyering he got at Stanford. Yeah. Law lawyering. Lawyering. Law lawyering. You've been lawyered, he said to this lady, and she said, You failed. <laughs> He's like, I didn't fail. I had straight A's. You missed the interview. You failed. Speaking of interviews, this detective reads a very pared-down biography of Sam's life to him. And I love the moment where he has to turn away when she says, Father's whereabouts unknown. Uh, <clears throat> and she's doing this as an intimidation tactic. But Sam plays it pretty cool throughout. Then he gets, like, pissy sassy with her. Like, oh, great. I can't wait to see those results. Because I know you're bullshitting and you ain't got shit. 
she tries to get Sam to turn on Dean, like saying, oh, we're exhuming the body in St. Louis. Do you think it's going to match your brother's? Blah, blah, blah. And I did want to pause real quick. Yeah. Exhuming the fake Dean. It probably still looks like Dean, right? Unless. Unless. After a certain amount of time, the body reverts to its original form. <sighs> a goo monster? I and mean, whatever it looked like before it started changing. I don't know. Uh, I know. Or it's just blank. It's just, just a blank body. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the first version of LOL from Star Trek. Mm. Yeah, you get that reference. I know. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought it would be a really interesting conversation of, all right, we're going to go exhume this body, and that's weird. It's just a blob of goo in here. I don't like that she says you can't pick your family. Because you can so I mean, pick your family. You can so pick your family as they go on to learn. You think they would have used that clip at some point in the future. Also, oh, another thing. She says it has been less than a year since Jessica's death. Mm. Can so you believe what? all of this has happened in a calendar year? Gosh, these boys. Yeah, yeah. So... The only reason why this doesn't make sense to me is because the show has actually been pretty good about if the show aired in 2015, the episode took place in 2015, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so technically, if the show is going to stick with its own canon, it has been more than a year since Jess's death. I just, uh, timey-wimey. The show has a problem with time. As we'll Anyways, see. as we'll see. She says that Sam's choice is to help her or, well, she doesn't say, but we're guessing <laughs> she would have him ch- being charged with as an accessory to murder. <laughs> Maybe. That's my guess. Mm. So now, Hannah, it's time to rub your hands together because it's time for all the fabulous lies. Sam begins the charming story about their lifetime friendship with Mr. Anthony Giles as we fade away to a flashback. I almost forgot it was a total bullshit story. Sam is good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dad being a Marine, everybody's a Marine. So, yeah, so many friends in the Marines. So many. So Sam and Dean are at a coffee shop, and they're learning about Mr. Guile's weirdish death. And then we have some X-Files banter that leads us back to... The present! Where Sam's like, we weren't even in the area. Duh. Duh. He continues his story about meeting Kara Giles, who, the actress, played Mother Superior in Once Upon a Time and mm-hmm. Scout Leader in A Series of Unfortunate Events. Mm-hmm. So she's the most important actor in this episode, obviously. Um, I'm also pretty sure that she comes back as a book publisher in The Monster at the end of this book. With Chuck. I believe the you tattoo. are correct. The tattoo, yes. It was definitely her. Aha. Uh-huh. <sighs> as soon as I saw her, I was like, I know you. I know you. Yeah. I know you so well. <laughs> Why do you die so soon? Because I know you. Okay, go on. The boys are pretending to be insurance representative. Come to get details of Anthony's death. Sam soft voices Karen. It's okay. But her information is pretty lacking. So Dean pushes and pushes... Hard. You know, Karen, weird, weird noises, uh, visions, anything like that. Like this combo 
of soft voice and pushy gets her to mm. gets her to talk. <laughs> She's like, "You're being really weird and pushy, so okay, I guess." And she tells them <laughs> that her husband did see a woman that was pale with dark red eyes. I don't think I would ever describe that ghost lady as pale with dark red eyes. No. I've been like pale blonde hair, huge gash in her neck. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the huge one. gash in the neck would be like the most prominent feature there. Mm-hmm. Sam finishes his story, but the detective isn't satisfied. She has a witness who saw them breaking into Anthony's office. Sam's got an answer for that too. Karen wanted stuff from his office and gave them a key, he says, as we see them lockpicking into the office. <laughs> Smart Sam points out that the huge blood stain on the floor says, Hey, this is where Anthony died. Dean doesn't see any <laughs> ectoplasm, but figures it must be a super vengeful spirit. At the printer, he finds paper filled with the name Dana Schultz, and Sam finds it fingered on the glass top desk. This is where Kendall says, Oh, this episode! <laughs> it's a ghost. It's the ghost with the anagram. I remember now. The anagram goes. The anagram goes. This is the episode where Dean goes <laughs> with his mouth. <laughs> yes, Dean getting all- bored is all kinds of adorable. So, are you? this episode has always remained in my memory because of that moment because I've never in my life heard anybody else make that sound with their mouth before that wasn't me <laughs> and i was like oh, same oh spider-man spider-man <laughs> how do you explain a meme in words <laughs> uh but yeah only i do it when i get frustrated not bored but i guess he is frustrated anyways so yes the boys are frustrated because there is no such person as dana schultz Sam will be able to crack Guile's computer, but it's going to take some more time. Mm-hmm. And like we said, Dean is obnoxiously bored. <laughs> so <laughs> It's such a gross sound, especially out of context. So he's going to go see if he can get any more information from Karen. And now Sam is explaining to the cop, look, Karen was obviously super distraught, so it's only natural that Dean would want to go check on her. And, you know, I was a sleepy head, so I went back to the motel. You know, it's totally understandable. And she's like, no. Why would you guys split up? It's almost like she knows about his bathroom troubles. Man, she really does know too much. (laughs) She really has done her research. (laughs) She's like, you guys are grossly dependent. I have seen the diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you part ways here? It makes no sense. Just flinging everything off the table, (laughs) throwing glassware. (gasps) There's only one answer. It must must be because Dean was thirsty for blood. Ah. (laughs) Uh And Sam is all like, "Uh, no way has I. And she gets even more upset. And now she's like actually emotionally engaged because she's like, I heard the 911 call. I listened to Karen in the moments before she died. Dun, dun, dun. So we see a very sad Karen who sees something moving in her house. And at first she thinks, oh, it's just grief visions. You know. You know. Then, you know, the, the visions you get when you're aggrieving. 
But then she sees the pale woman with the red eyes, and that is enough to freak anybody out. Yeah, that's a big note from me, Karen. Yeah. Now, the one thing she does that doesn't make sense is she calmly walks to her bedroom instead of just dashing the fuck up to her bedroom. Right? So that she can hide and call the police. (laughs) But the phone line is cut off before she can get any more of the basic information out. Then her lights start to flicker and go out. And then the fax machine starts printing the name Dana Schultz. And she's like, this is so fucking weird. I gotta go get me a flashlight. (laughs) And then when she turns around with a flashlight, the pale woman is there staring at her. Blah! Then we see Dean is knocking on the door. He doesn't get an answer, so he does the very logical thing when you think there's a live person asleep in a house and you want to go talk to them. You let yourself in with lockpicks. Yeah. I mean, I can't count the amount of times I've done that. Oh, same. Obviously. It's, it's an everyday occurrence, really. So Dean finds Karen's body, and he's investigating when who should arrive but the cops? Natch. Natch. Who would fuck it? I mean, it's not what I expected. <laughs> it's not like we started this episode with him being interrogated or anything. We are now firmly in the present. No more flashbacks required. We are back in the interrogation. Oh, thank goodness. My mouth was getting tired of all that doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doos. <laughs> we are back in the interrogation room with Dean on the other side of the glass. The two detectives The two detectives compare notes. They aren't getting anywhere with these two sassy boys whose stories match perfectly. Yep. Well, these guys are good. I'll give them that. We've convicted for less. Diana, the woman cop, is not sure they have a case. We've looked into less. Peter, the male cop, says they literally have Dean with literal blood on his hands, plus the murders in St. Louis. He touches her face inappropriately for the workplace and says (sighs) it's going to be okay. Anthony, his best friend forever, may have known a lot of bad guys, but this guy is the real murderer. Having settled all this, they make out next to the vending machines. And it's time for Helena's... Helena's... Who the fuck is that? Helena's. Oh my gosh. Who are you? Is this your alter ego? And now it's time for Hannah's Deleted Scene Special. It's a short one. After the kiss, the lady cop asks if she should cuff him. And that was it. Oh, cuff Peter? Yeah. She was like, am I going to have to cuff of. They have that kind of relationship. And that was it for that deleted scene. Well, I thank you, Hannah. That was a brilliant little cutscene. <laughs> I have another one for I, you in a bit. Yay. Um, I don't mind that kink. It is a great kink. It's a wonderful kink. I can't imagine being a cop who deals with real-life murderers wanting to go home God, and continue. What's none of your business? I don't need to know your kinks. I wasn't explaining my kinks. I was saying it was a fine kink to have. Fine. Proceed. I mean, Hannah, let's be real. I have all the kinks. I don't need to know. Every last kink is my kink. Shut your mouth. (laughs) And start talking. I mean, there are tools for that, Hannah. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Pray to God our mother never listens to the show. (laughs) I'm just saying that if you are a cop and you actually have to arrest and cuff people for your real-life job... Why would you want to go home and find that sexy? Like, oh, it makes me think when no, you no. were, when when Peter was arresting Dean later, or not arresting, he was roughing him up, was that turning him on? Like, did 
Dean feel a little pokey pokey? Yeah, he totally looked like he enjoyed that. Yes, Dean did, but I think Peter did too. I mean, obviously that's what they get up to at home. Obviously. It seems. Obviously. Um, I don't like Peter from the get-go. Like, you don't even have to watch the whole episode to know this guy is the pits. He touched her face, Hannah. Hey, do you want to know what I called him all throughout my notes? What did you call him all throughout your notes? Mr. Murder Peter. Murder Peter? Yep. A meter? <laughs> a mooter? A murder? Yeah, if you, if you squash mur from murder and tur from Peter, you just get murder. <laughs> It was there all along, It Anna. was there the whole time. Oh, my gosh. So now that the boys have been left to stew, we see them in their own rooms, individually, and yet mind-meldingly at the same time, figuring out that Dana Schultz isn't a name. It's a fucking anagram. My good boys. My good boys oh, both knowing my... anagrams. Oh, my gosh. They went to school. They went to the John Winchester School of Anagrams. Hold on, now I've got to see something. <laughs> All right, uh, anagram maker. All right. More like the discoverer. Find anagrams for School of John Winchester. <sighs> and the top result is coming soon. This one's really hard for it, apparently. Okay. Clench's hoof throws join. Okay. Crash foolish Johnstown. Alright. Screech inflow John Sooth. Better. Screech inflow John Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. License hoof John throws. License froth John Swoosh. <laughs> John Swoosh. Yeah. Concrete wolfish John's hoe. <laughs> all right i think that's enough for anagrams of school of john winchester <laughs> we just had to see all right since you never know maybe he called it secret the wolfish foolish john ho <laughs> and the boys like oh, it's the school of john winchester we'd recognize it anywhere this is well, just a special information corner of our podcast Mm-hmm. It's things you can only get from the sisters so, Dean's lawyer arrives, and Dean doesn't want his legal advice, but mm, he does want that pen and paper. And Dean, who is the real genius of the two, Ovs, tunes out the lawyer as he quickly jots down, like, every possible rearranging of the word Danish Schultz. And he does have the lawyer recognize the name Ashland, which is a street in Baltimore close to the precinct. I mean, of all Isn't the things, so uncanny that he just happened to recognize... A street name like that, like... I don't know about this sup thing, like, sup Ashland, but sup Ashland is a place, Ashland. yeah. <laughs> and the lawyer keeps jibber-jabbering about Ashland and all of its, you know, great amenities, and it's perfect this time of year, family area, blah, blah, blah. And Dean's ignoring him as he writes a note and says, Look, if you want to save my ass and be a good lawyer and win a case for once in your fucking life, you will take this note to my brother. They don't give a fuck about a defense. Well. He's more of an offense kind of guy. <laughs> he's also a person who's like, I know I have a paperclip in my butt right now and I yeah. could escape any fucking time I wanted to. So 
Why don't we just solve this case? And right now, I can solve this case best from in here. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the open office area of the station, Diana has, like, some brief computer problems. Yeah. 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 So, Sam gets a <sighs> note from McQueen saying to... The car? The... No. <laughs> Not lightning. Um, saying to research <laughs> Ashland. The lawyer wants to talk with Sam, but Diana comes in to steal him away because Dean's going to make a full confession. And boy, confess he does. I'm an Aquarius. I enjoy sunsets, long walks on the beach, and frisky women. Oh, and Sam calls him Matlock, too. Him does, because that's all they could watch as kids. They weren't allowed to watch the soap operas, or the Dateline, NBC, or Star Trek, apparently. Dean. Unless it was the daytime reruns. Yeah. Dean talks about... You notice Dean never... Sorry. Dean never references Picard or Janeway or Troy or Quark or... I mean, we'll see. No, he only ever... He only ever references, like, Scotty, Kirk, and Spock. He only oh, so watched... the original series. He only ever watched the reruns of the original series. Yeah. Hmm. He's not a real Star Trek fan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Dean talks about their investigation, spirits, ghosts, the anagram, shapeshifters, the whole shebang. When Dean reveals the anagram, we do get a quick freak out from Diana since she just saw the name all in her data. Peter does not enjoy any of this. He roughs Dean up a bit and then demands Dean get, gets put away. Uh, Dean does seem to enjoy the handcuffing. He just does. And as we discussed, Peter's a nasty boy who brings his work home. He should not be a cop. For, well, there's, we will say there are plenty of reasons for him to not be a cop. But in the pervy region, he definitely shouldn't be a cop because he touches people's faces at work, Hannah. <sighs> Real quick, we have Hannah's deleted scene special. Yay! Uh, as they were as they were leaving the interrogation room, Lady Cop Lady Cop Diana started to tell Mr. Motor Mr. Murder Peter about seeing Dana Schultz on her computer, but she thinks better of it. That was it. Probably because she thought if she told him that he was gonna touch her face again. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> Peter and Probably. Diana go back to talk to Sam, only to find that he is gone. Luckily, Diana is hip to McQueen movies and quickly solves the mystery. How do we think Sam escaped? Uh, that's that's a... <sighs> he went out the window. He's, I think he went out the front door. Ooh. Do tell. Because as uh, Mr. Murder Peter points out, the fire escape is way on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's a clear jump down to the bottom. Sam already has a broken wrist. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to add a broken ankle to the equation. And... These yes. boys, as we saw in the recap, are very good at hiding in plain sight. So, and he wasn't cuffed or anything. And I think the only reason people stay in those rooms if they're not cuffed in the first place is because we all just feel like, oh, I'm supposed to stay here. I'll get in trouble if I leave. But Sam knows better. Sam knows I could just fucking walk out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But then the question is, why did he need to leave the window open to make it plain that he had escaped? And he also left behind the note, making it plainer, plainer that he escaped. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. Should have eaten the note. 
We're just taking it with him. Yeah, or that, or that. <laughs> Sam's just hungry for paper. I gotta get me papes. He's gonna have that fiber if he's not gonna see deep for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, now that Diana has not solved the escape mystery and is clearly not interested in going to find Sam, she thinks, I need a bathroom break. And I need it extra freaky. <clears throat> with a sauna and some mirror writing. And as she is just wondering at how this bathroom completely predicted her every need, she meets our ghost woman with a slit throat who tries to talk to her. Yeah, our ghost doesn't really seem to do anything, kind of like our ghost in the asylum. Yeah. She didn't hurt me. She didn't even try. Well, this experience has just done opened her eyes, and it leads Diana to go have a little chat with Dean. She's now maybe kind of, sort of, believing Dean's story about the vengeful spirit. And he gives her the lowdown, and he's somehow not surprised at all that she's taking him seriously. But then he notices the marks on her wrist, which is the same marks he noticed on Karen. He's like, fuck, you saw it, didn't you? I know this is all freaky deaky, but let's skip that and let's get on to the part where we freaky deek this ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And so in order to save her own life and to defeat this ghost and to accomplish the mission, which is all Dean cares about, he tells her how to find Sam. First motel, Yellow Pages, Jim Rockford. Easy. And she does go to the motel all alone asking for help. And Sam picks up the case right where Dean was leaving off. Hmm. She describes the spirit, what it acted like. And Sam's like, wow, this reminds me of Asylum. And he pulls up all the pictures of every woman who has died around Ashland. And Diane is momentarily upset that Sam has unreasonable amount of access to some secure information. Which is fair. It's really fair. I like how Sam is teaming up with a lady cop like Dean did once. Yeah. And he's also trying to free his brother. Yeah. Yeah. It did, this this interaction, though, where she's like, how do you have access to the information? Blah, blah, blah. It did make me think about how much we trust cops. <laughs> because she had to have gone to this motel, flashed her badge at the person at the desk, and said, I need to know which room Jim Rockford is in. Mm-hmm. And that person... Was like, sure, stranger, with a piece of metal in your hand, I will tell you exactly how to find this person. That's a good point. Like, I had to, <laughs> I had to go back and rewind and rewatch some stuff because I got lost in thought about in what scenario would I, would I, Kendall, implicitly trust the person who just had a piece of metal in their hand and be like, okay, no, yes, I want to call from your superior. <laughs> yeah, I want to call from the mother superior. <laughs> And she better have a wand and be blue. <laughs> well, while she's looking at this information, all these pictures of all these dead girls, she does pick Claire Becker out of the month. A lot yeah. less dead, but that's her. She pulls Claire Becker out of the lineup. Claire Becker out of the lineup. Why is it hard to say? Claire Becker out of a lineup. <laughs> and this show has timey-wimey issues. And I just want to point out, Nine months missing. Eight if you're lowballing. Alright, so mm-hmm. only nine months. So I'm guessing she went missing around the same time that Jess died? <sighs> Anyways, yep. Peter and Diana worked narcotics into this last year, and this dead girl was a heroin dealer, so maybe there's a connection. Anyways, she was last seen in a building on Ashland, and no body was ever found, so he, Sam's like, 
I bet we can find it because we're looking for supernatural bodies and they were just looking for a heroin body. Yeah. And Diana's body, <laughs> Diana's body, <laughs> Diana's reaction to body hunting is so automatic and genuine and beautiful that it reminded me for a moment just how weird this whole fucking situation is. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're just going to go find a body. Yeah. But, you know, it's just... It's pretty poor for the course, actually. Yeah. Yeah. At the Ashland location, i.e. the basement from Hell House, am I right? Uh, uh, they stupidly separate to look for whatever Sam will know when he sees it. The ghostie doesn't want uh, Sam, though. It wants Diana. So it shows up and begins reaching for Diana, disappearing right when Sam shows up. Diana is cool, calm, and collected the whole time, even knowing to investigate the window where Claire Ghost showed up. Uh-huh. Looking at the window reveals the name Ashland Sup. And I'm guessing that's like for Ashland Supplies or Ashland Supply Store. Yeah, that was my thought. Ashland Supplies. Yeah. It seemed kind of supply-y in there. <laughs> Sam's EM- Sam EMFs the wall, and it's hot. It's orbing like <laughs> crazy, so he busts it down. And he's like, there's definitely something in here. Oh, yeah. I could definitely sense this is a ripe wall. Oh. <laughs> like, you could you could smell it, I'm sure. They pull out the body. I don't know. Just, she's just drenched in eau de corpse. Um, <laughs> she does have a nice faint scent of eau de corpse, but I don't think she smells, and we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. They pull out the body, revealing a pretty mummified corpse. Her wrists are bound with a pretty necklace around her neck. A necklace that Diana also happens to own. It was a present from Murder Peter. So it's time to name, name that, that monster. monster. Ah! So the monster, I mean, it's a human again. I, I hope that we are learning that humans are the real plight across this land. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got John Winchester. We got the kids who killed baby ghost hands. We got all those assholes that baby Mary justifiably killed. We've got the military that killed all of the Yuchi and bugs. We've got the plumber that wanted to sue the worst mom ever. We've got the doctor in the silent who fucked with people's brains. We've got the small town that sacrificed travelers to tree gods. I mean... I could, I literally could go on, Hannah, mm-hmm. but that's not even halfway through season one, and that was like half of the time allotted I have for monster section. Yeah. <sighs> Behind every supernatural event is an asshole. A big, gaping asshole. <laughs> but we are ostensibly here to talk about the supernatural, so let's talk death omens. Hey. So an omen, Exactly. An omen is something that happens that makes you think something either really good or really bad is about to happen. Like, for instance, you get to the bagel shop in the morning and they have your favorite bagel and tea all ready to go and you just know it's going to be a good day, right? Yes. Only now think of the opposite. Imagine you get there and they're completely sold out of your favorite breakfast and you just know you're going to die today. (laughs) Yeah. Just like that. Uh Uh-huh. Just like that. Now, obviously, that's very hyperbolic. So, what are some of the common death omens we find in cultures across the world? Well, Hannah, I'm so glad you asked, and I'll be happy to share a few with you. Thank you. 
One of the biggest, of course, is all those poor black kitties. They are so universally regarded as a death omen that many of these poor babies go unadopted, and it makes me really sad. Aww. I know. But yeah, black cat cross your path? Dead. Hear meowing at night from a black cat? Dead. Black cat cross a funeral? Another family member will die soon? Probably you. Well, shit. Uh Uh-huh. Another popular death omen is the appropriately named murder of crows. Crows are kind of considered to be the messengers across the veil because they're so smart. So if you see a bunch of crows gathered together watching you, well, you know what's coming. Death. A fun death omen I saw was called Death Knocks. So if you hear three knocks on the door, open the door, and nobody's there, that's death giving you a heads up. Hmm. That's crazy. Or it could be your am- it could be your Amazon package being delivered. <gasps> Who's to say? Who's, Who's to, to say? say? <laughs> Ooh, and then there was the one about um, the solar eclipse. The Greeks said that if there was a solar eclipse, that it was because the gods were pissed as hell and about to rain destruction upon your ass. But that was more like a universal death omen instead of a very personalized death omen. Right. And then the website I used for this episode included fan death as a death omen, even though the website also stated that it wasn't quite omeny enough for the omen club. But <laughs> it was weird enough that they wanted to include it. Hannah, do you know what fan death is? I I don't think I do. All right, Sahana, so fan death is something that is very particular to Korea. Okay. And it is the belief that if you have a fan in a room and the windows are closed and the door is closed and you have the fan going, mm-hmm. the fan basically eats up all your oxygen and you die. Huh. Yeah, that's not particularly omeny. It's not very omeny. No, it's not. But if there is a fan in a room and you turn it on before you go to sleep, you're going to die. Dun dun dun. And if for some reason it still persists, and my grandmother in law definitely believes in this, and <laughs> okay, I kind of just want to take Korea by the neck and just shake and go. It's it's not real. It's so unscientific. And that concludes. Name, name that, that monster. monster. Ah! Hannah, real quick. Yes. Claire had only the vaguest splash of load of corpse on her. Mm-hmm. Because she was a mummy, somehow, in nine months, she went from breathing, living human to mummy. Yeah, that's weird. In a wall. Yeah, she wasn't embalmed or nothing. She was dumb. (sighs) It's dumb and I hate it. And that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Okay. Thank you for coming to the Kindle Pout Corner. Now that we know Claire is of the Casper variety, it seems we have a regular old-fashioned human case to solve. So lucky we have a cop on the job. The prime suspect is Murder Peter, and Diana pieces it together. The unsolved case of the missing heroine plus dead heroin dealer with a necklace from a cop equals Murder Peter did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. 
He did it! He did it! He Yay! Did it. <laughs> Big surprise. Meanwhile, Peter is transporting Dean back to St. Louis. Probably. Dean is trying to talk his way out of this situation, but Peter is just smart enough to not talk back. Diana gets the update on Peter from the station, but is baffled about how in the world to get a hold of him. He won't answer on his radio. Gee, sure is a good thing Sam knows more about policing than lawyering. Just check the low jack on the county vehicle. Thanks, Sam. That made me so mad. Yeah. I was like, writers, you really expect us to believe that Sam, Sam knew knows that more about policing know than yeah. the investigator right next to him? <sighs> So Peter pulls okay. the van right. off cool. in a cool. forest area while Dean sasses. He manhandles Dean out to create a scenario that looks like he shot the prisoner trying to escape. He's just about to shoot when Diana and Sam show up. Because Sam won't let them happen. It's the Nobody's final gonna let showdown. Dino get shot. So everyone's pointing guns at each other except for Dean and Sam. For some reason. I guess they're trying to pretend that they are not... Loaded. Criminals in the eyes of the law. And Peter confesses the whole deal. Claire, Anthony, and Karen were all potentially in the know. So they all had to die. Obviously. Obviously. And... Obviously. And Dean's like his clean ticket out. I mean, he literally had literal blood on his literal hands. Mm -hmm. And he literally... Got killed somebody in St. Louis. Literally. So Diana pretends like she's buying it in order to get the drop on him. But then she lets her guard down. Damn it. And he gets the drop on her. And it seems Damn. as though the whole jig is up. But who shows up then? The cops? No. Ooh. That would be too nice. That would make too much sense. Claire. Claire shows Dana. up. Yeah. Claire shows up. And it distracts Peter long enough for Diana to get the kill shot. And then the boys do that awful thing where they say, they just shrug and say, well, I guess the case is solved. Maybe Claire's at rest. Yeah. Nothing more we can do on this front. Jeez. It's morning. It's morning time, so the ghost is probably not doing anything, even though last episode, don't ask us what an episode it is, it's weird, but last episode, there was this ghost that liked to haunt people during the daytime, but you know what, this ghost- It was an outlier. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, outlier, outlier. Well, Diana's gonna get the boys clear of the murder charges, because their cases were so effed up. Uh, she can't handle St. Louis, though, because- Dean, we have you on camera killing people. Jeez. Yeah. But she's suddenly very much into the idea that the world needs ghost hunters. So she, like, believes in it to the point that she's going to take a hit to her fucking career to let these boys go. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. You've had your own internal voyage that I was not a party to, but all right. All right. I mean, seeing a ghost and digging up a body, like, those can be pretty, you know, life-changing experience. Like, her she word... She did not dig up a body. Well, she, she helped. She stood back while Sam elbow-smashed a wall. And he probably needs a second cast now. Probably. But her world is pretty fucked now. I mean, her partner and probably boyfriend was a murderer, and ghosts are real. Like... Yeah, but it's not like it was a ghost case. The ghost was nice in this scenario. So, really, 
everything they've been saying hasn't been proven right. I don't know. I'm just saying she bought in a little too wholeheartedly for me to risk her career over these two people that she's still pretty sure are fucking criminals. But whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. She she leaves them with a warning to be more careful because, yo, if you hadn't noticed by now, you're on the fucking radar. And as the boys head off to get Baby out of Impound, oh no, we're totally not getting that up, Impound, wink, wink, they exchange quippy dialogue about pea soup because the woman who played Diana, her name is Linda Blair, she also played Reagan. Regan? Regan. 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 I never saw it because... Anyway, she played that girl in The Exorcist whose vomit was like pea soup. So, (coughs) so that's our episode. Yay! Yeah, that's our episode. That's our episode. That's our episode. Well, I guess we should just hang up the phone now. No. You want to know why? Why? We got to go to themes. (gasps) Oh, themes, how I love thee. Let me count the ways. Moment of crisis, Hannah. No. Moment of crisis. All right, talk to me. Apparently, this is the first episode in all of Supernatural where Dean does not refer to Sam as Sammy at some point. <gasps> well, well, I'll be damned. I, I get it; they were separated for most of this episode, but still, yeah, I think it's something we should look for. It's like the anti-theme. 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 All right, what's your theme, Hannah? I had a theme of Smart Sam. I mean, is he smart? Yeah. I also had a theme of Sassy Sam. Definitely some Sassy Sam. Yes, yes. All right, tell me what you got. I had... No, real quick, Smart Sam. Mm-hmm. Is he smart because he pointed to the huge blood stain and said, that's no. where the guy died? No. Is he smart because he said, you can't hold us here and... He was wrong because they can't hold them for two whole days. No. Was he smart for? I get it. Okay. Recognizing I re- it was the I Ingram, retract but- my statement. <laughs> Just sassy Sam. All right. Because I can't currently think of uh, an example because you have so many in the opposite. So thank you for that. Sassy Sam was my theme for this episode. What did you have? <laughs> I've done pissed her off. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) He is smart. He knows many languages. His tongue, he is good with his tongue. Uh, Stop. Um, I picked up on your theme, Hannah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a coffee case. It was a coffee case. This was a coffee case. We had so much coffee this episode. We had it at the coffee house, learning about Mr. Giles' death. Diana brought Sam a cup of coffee, and he sniffed it and was like, all right, I'm actually not going to drink this crappy <laughs> cop coffee. But yeah. What did you have next, Hannah? Uh, breaking and enter. Yes, yes. The main offshoot of that being, they used lockpicks. Yes, I had that right after. <laughs> I don't know why this is such a big deal to me, but I feel like... I watched 14 whole seasons, or really 13 and a half seasons of Supernatural before we started doing this show, and I had never once paid any attention to how they got into places. Like, I just figured they used their Winchester magical powers. You know. You know, they they just said, 
They said, breaking in, activate! And, you know, it just happened. Now I'm seeing they have got the skills to pay the bills. Good with their tongues and with their fingers. Oh, Lord, stop it. <laughs> um, This is a newspaper case. Nice! Mm-hmm. I had... They spotted his death in the paper, which they literally have looked into less. <laughs> Yes. I mean, this was, this seriously wasn't a supernatural case. Mm -mm. It was not at all a supernatural case. It was a 0% supernatural case. But speaking of that same scene, we had an X-Files reference. That was my next theme. Oh, yeah. Lots of X-Files. Lots of X-Files. I mean, they're basically sister shows. (laughs) They are. We should find show. an X-Files podcast to make our sister podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, my next theme was Dean being awkward with witnesses and or victims. Yeah, that is a thing. And I was thinking he's super pushy. He asks really obvious questions. He yells about how what's dead should stay dead. Like Generally, he's just not very good at interacting with people. Interacting with people. He was great. Yeah. I had a theme of codes. Using codes with each other. Oh, yeah. I, again, this is, this is something they don't use as much as I wish they would. But it does come they, up throughout the series. It does come up. It comes up when Sam gets kidnapped uh, by... Uh, Gordon. Gordon. <sighs> Gordon. Gordon. And it comes up when uh, that was Funky uh, Town has there to was break into one. Sam's brain. Well, there was um, Funky when Town Cass was goes, Gordon, and then it was something on my shoe, gum on my shoe, when Sam was being yeah, that, followed. That might have been the that's same. That's everybody, though. That's that's in everything, though. And then uh, Poughkeepsie, like you were saying. Yeah. And didn't Cass try to use Poughkeepsie in season 14? When I, Dean was at the bar? I think so. Yeah. I don't know, maybe now that we are keeping an eye out for it, we will notice it more. Yeah. I just want to know how they got their stories to sync up. Yeah. Because they were both arrested separately. Like, Did they talk beforehand? Like, yo, the cops get involved. <laughs> this is our story. <laughs> maybe it's like we're the say she gave they us just a have a story ready-made for this type of situation. <clears throat> or maybe it's a thing where they just have lived with each other for so much for so long that the same excuses come to their brain. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh um our next theme is the bad guys are human I had that too. Yeah. I had All a- them evil humans fucking up shit. I had a theme of good ghost. It's the sweetest ghost. She's probably still a ghost, who the fuck knows? I mean, you can't think she was dead nine months, and she was strong enough to fuck with computers, and to write on glassware, and to turn on faucets. Yeah. It makes me wish I could have known her as a living person. Yeah. Because I bet she was fiery motherfucker. Did you have any more themes, Santa? Uh, yeah, the cops letting him go. Alright, yes, that's very close to my final theme, which was we had a cop case. 
But this is where I notice the majority of times they have a cop on this show, a real cop, it's a woman. Because mm-hmm. we had the cop in The Benders, we have this lady cop, and then we're going to have Jo... jo- why am I feeling the names right now? Jody Mills. Jody. Jody Mills. And then we're going to have Minnesota Cop <laughs> at the spa. Yeah, I love her. Who then becomes a recurring character, and I love her so much, and I know her name when they say it on the show, and now I can't think of it. Donna. Donna? That sounds about right. And those are just the four lady cops I can think of off the top of my head. But I think the only male cop I can think of right now that has any prominence in the show is Victor. Hendrickson? And he's not even really a cop. He's an FBI person. Hendrickson, yes. I liked him. Yeah. He was a good character. That's uh, all I had for themes. So, that's all I had, too. And it, whenever we talk about themes, it just makes me so excited for all the future episodes we're going to fucking get to. Yes. I'm so excited. Let's not get too excited. Let's tamper it down by talking about what we hate. When you're surrounded by darkness... You want to know what I hated? Yeah, Hannah, let it off your chest. I hated our ghost. I didn't think she was very scary. I don't think that she did a very good job of being a death omen. And (laughs) I wish we had gotten more backstory on her. Like, she was not interesting to me in this episode. Like, Sam and Dean and them getting up to their antics was more interesting to me than our monster of the show. I didn't care about her. And if I'd known more about her, then maybe I would have cared. I completely agree. They had a lot of things to juggle in this episode, and they could have done a better job with the timing of it all. The thing is, they spent the first 20 minutes of a 45-minute show just doing all the flashbacks. Yeah. They spent so much time doing those flashbacks that when it came time to actually solve the case... this was a very different episode than what we're used to. Yeah. And I think they just weren't ready to handle all that, (laughs) if you know what I mean. So there was no time to really flesh out the relationship between Peter and Diana. There was really no time to learn about Diana. What do we know about Diana besides the fact that she's a cop? What do we know about Peter except that he's gross and likes to touch faces at work? Like, What do we know about Claire except that she dealt heroin? We don't even know if she used heroin. Mm-mm. I mean, that's how little we don't know. And it was all in service of them trying something new and different, which is valid and great, but the downside was that it affected the quality of this episode for sure. I'm going to catch you while you're ranting. Uh, what did you hate, Kendall? I hated the whole fucking ending. <laughs> I don't get why Peter had to do any of this. Even if they could have maybe linked him to Claire, there's not much to say it would have linked to the Giles couple. Like, at all. Also, how does his suspicious handling of Dean help this case at all? In fact, how, how was Dean supposed to have escaped an armored vehicle? How was he supposed to have just... Peter... Is dumb. Was shown... No, here's the thing. Peter was shown what little information we do get is that he is a very thorough and clean killer. So clean, in fact, that Dean and Sam think they have a supernatural supernatural case on their hands. Maybe he was losing his mind in in fear. 
but no, because he didn't believe in the ghost. He didn't believe the in the guilt. ghost? He never the guilt saw was the ghost? driving him insane. The guilt was driving him insane, and that's why he started making all of these rash decisions. Like, he got paranoid so, about his friend, and so he killed him. And then he felt guilty about his friend and got paranoid about the wife and killed her. But both of those deaths were super clean and thorough. It was still eating him alive on the inside. And then he made another rash decision that was even stupider. Even more stupid. I mean, it was just an, ex- and it was just an extremely sloppy finish. And when you add on to that... The fact that we don't know his real motivations. We don't know his relationship with Diana. We don't know Diana's motivations and why she's suddenly just so gung-ho for the supernatural. I, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt like a really sloppy finish, both on Peter's part and on the show writer-producer's parts. Agreed. That's what I hated. All right, now that we've got all the icky, gross feelings out of the way, let's focus on what we loved. I loved Sam so much in this episode, how sassy he was with Diana and, like, all of their interactions, like, between the two of them. I loved it. I love that, too. I mean, it's very rare to see Sam interacting with somebody and explaining the supernatural where Mm -hmm. he's not shy and reserved and playing it as like, oh, this is a terrible life we lead. This is the first time where he's very much matter of the fact and kind of proud of the investigative work they do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because the vic- the person who's being targeted is also working to solve the case. And instead of just trying to protect this woman, he's also working with her to solve the case. And she's an asset. Maybe that's what's different. Maybe. I don't know. It was very nice, though, to see this side of Sam. You were very right. Kind of like an outsider. What did the outside... How does the outside world see Sam? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus most of the time, we're seeing Sam through through Dean's eyes. Sammy. Yeah. Most of the time, we're seeing Sammy, but this episode, we got to see Sam through Diana's eyes. Love it. What did you love? I... For all its failures... You can tell that they were really trying to have fun with the storytelling in this episode. Mm-hmm. I loved the fun flashbacks and the slow reveal and build up the story. It made it so much more interesting and fun than just your regular run of the mill. Yeah. You know, it was this different. this could have been just a regular monster of the week episode and they decided they weren't going to do that. They were going to try something new. It didn't work perfectly, but it was interesting enough. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not going to say that this episode has stood out in my memory, but there were elements of this episode that I definitely always remembered throughout 300 plus episodes you know yeah i like Uh, it when they play around with their storytelling too absolutely they just you could tell they were having fun with this the flashbacks the fun display of the boys preparation and you know their training coming through helping them in these tough scrapes a fun cop protagonist even though we didn't learn much about her you could tell they had fun with her and how she was like, she saw a ghost all up in her face twice, and she was like, Sam, get over here. All right, the ghost is here. I think she's trying to tell me something. I think we should, like, <laughs> and just that reaction. It was just a fun story. Yeah. Or the, the story itself wasn't so fun, but the way they chose to tell it was fun. And they fucked up in some places, but overall, I loved Good what job. they were trying to do. Good job. Golf clap. 
All right, well, Hannah. Yes, Kendall. Let's keep these good vibes going. What's coming up next time on Sisters Talk Brothers? Look around you. It's a beautiful life. Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we will be discussing Supernatural Season 2, Episode 8, Crossroad Blues. The people of a small town have been selling their souls to a crossroads demon. This synopsis was brought to us by Chris Green on imdb.com. Thank you, IMDb. Thank you, God Chris Green. It, Chris. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Although, really, does this episode even need a summary? I mean, not really. It's called Crossroad Blues, so Crossroad Demons. I, Got it. This is... This, in my mind, is probably the second big turning point. Like, the first turning point is John's death, mm-hmm. which was only seven episodes ago. Six if you're doing math, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but learning about crossroad deals, learning about demon deals, I mean, Hannah, let's just talk. We can already say one of the themes of next episode will be demon deals. Oh, yeah, and I think this will uh, lead them closer to knowing about John's death. Mm-hmm. Because they know I mean, something happened, but they don't know yet that it was a deal. And that these are things that people are doing, like, on the reg. On the reg. And it makes... <laughs> I wonder if they ever sat back and were, like, looking... Like, just at a cafe, you know, researching cases, having lunch, looking around them. I wonder how many people here have made deals with the devil. <laughs> yeah. And not even know it. And not even mm-hmm. know it. Don't even know. Don't even know. Well, I'm very excited for Crossroad Blues. Same. It's it's probably one of the... Season 2 has a lot of big episodes in it. Yes, it does. It's, things are getting rolling. They're getting started. It's beginning. It's beginning, too. Rolling. Rolling. Rolling, rolling on, on a supernatural river. river. <laughs> well, Hannah, if I wanted to sell you a ticket down the river sticks. How would I reach you? You would reach me on Tumblr, Jailbreak Fiend, or Everything Overlord. That's Mamisha blog. You can reach me oh, on Instagram, Jailbreak Fiend, spelled the same, sounds the same. Um, you can reach the both of us on Tumblr, Sisters Talk Brothers. That's like our website now, um, in a way. Not the whole, the whole of Tumblr, way. but our blog on Tumblr, that's our website. <laughs> yeah, no, Tumblr is our website. <laughs> Anything you see on Tumblr that represents us. Ooh, wait. Ugh. <laughs> um, and it, one it, of these days we will put time and effort into a real website, but man, it's so much work. It is. Kindle, if someone out there wanted to reach you and give you a ticket on the River Sticks, how would they do so? Why would they wish me dead? I, but I mean, okay. I don't know. Do. Our listeners are weird. Tumblr. Our listeners <laughs> I mean, that beautiful kind of weird where you just want to lick their faces yes, inappropriately that exact, at work. That exact type of weird, yes. We see you, listeners. <laughs> you can reach me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad, or you can find me on Insta at Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. And you can find us both on Jamale at Sisters Talk Brothers. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. squeezy all that lemony. So, tune in next week for more monsters. Let's make a deal. More brothers. Brother, you lied. 
and more sisters. We don't say anything. Yeah, that's all I got. We don't say anything. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>